One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash entitled parents video. Today, we've got a crazy story of a parent actively monitoring their kid's credit. But first, a story from Pretty Lion 43. Entitled parents think only people with kids can come to the park. My town has three parks. One is small and used to have picnic tables. The second one is fairly bigger and had tennis and basketball courts. But the third one is the biggest and most beautiful one. It has a huge lake with docks for fishing, hiking trails, two big beautiful buildings that's been used for a variety of parties and celebrations, and next to that a large playground. An old man started going to the playground and sitting at one of the picnic tables that was under a roof along with other picnic tables. He would have a sad smile on his face as he watched the kids laughing and having a good time. Unfortunately, some parents became uncomfortable and wanted him to leave. One called the cops and the cops told them they couldn't do anything since it was a park that was open to everyone. Well, they started posting it online to a local group, telling everyone to watch out for this poor man who must be a kidnapping predator. They started harassing him to leave. He went to his car and just decided to sit there and keep watching. One parent and me got really angry at the gossip and entitlement going on there and went to go see him. He said that he lost his only grandchild to cancer earlier that year and his wife died of a broken heart a month later. He was seriously depressed. His son became concerned about him and begged him to come and stay with him and his pregnant wife. So that's what he did. Both his son and daughter-in-law worked during the day and was home by 5pm. He didn't have anything to do so he went exploring and came upon the big park. His mood lifted considerably watching the children and enjoyed hearing their laughter. It brought back fond memories of his grandson being that age and having fun before getting really sick. We urged him out of the car and back to the picnic table while the other parent went to go tell the others the true story and apparently got into a huge argument about just who was allowed at the park. I told the elderly man of my two kids and how he had every right to be there. I had an idea and told the other parent when he came back shaking his head at the stupidity of the other people thinking they can say who is and isn't allowed at a public park. I told him to call all of his friends who didn't have kids and I would call all of mine and we would all sit there and watch the kids. Well, he decided to also call his grandma who had recently lost her husband to a massive heart attack and was grieving as well. About 20 minutes later, they all arrived and the tension in the other entitled parents went up. The guy introduced his grandma to the old man and they became like young teenagers discovering love for the first time. She would whisper something to him and he would blush and laugh. Then he would whisper something to her and she would blush and giggle. It was endearing to watch. Time got away from all of us and the man's son went looking for him and found him surrounded by people. He'd been encouraging his dad to find something to do until they could get home. He was happy that he found and made a lot of friends. All of us took turns picking him up and soon the old grandma as well to take with us on outings. The old man got married to the old grandma and they spent a blissful 10 years with each other before passing within a few days of each other. Honestly, overall, this is a great story and it's nice to hear that a person who was grieving and was only going through tough times was able to be lifted up by people in the community that saw the injustice that was going on here and stopped and was just a good human to them. 
Would you guys say that you think the pearl clutching about who's at parks or people's intentions at parks are unreasonably high? Or do you think the parents in this situation seeing a lone man, whether he's elderly or not, sitting in the distance watching the kids was a fair thing to call out or consider creepy? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from abbreviations glum754, thinking about cutting my parents out of mine and my newborn's life. So long story short, my family is screwed. I, 24 year old female, had a crap childhood. I had a son at a young age, he's now 7, but my mom has always tried to be his parent, and would never let me be a mom and even got to the point she'd apprehended him from me, which I won't go into too much details about because that's not where my issues are. My parents have never liked anyone I've brought home, so when me and my high school crush, 23 year old male, started talking again last year, both of us have a kid from different relationships, we absolutely hit it off. Well, my mom didn't like it when he started pointing out all her abusive behaviors towards me. A few examples are degrading me, saying I shouldn't be with a boyfriend as he's abusive, he is in no way abusive at all, and telling my son that I never loved or cared about him. Well, fast forward a few months, end of August 2021, I found out I was pregnant. I was ecstatic and so was boyfriend after it settled in. Mom was pissed. Her and my stepdad tried to have a baby of their own couldn't get pregnant due to mom's health issues, asked me to be a surrogate. I said no, 2018, and boom. Mom's been trying to keep my son with her ever since. Unfortunately, I had to reside with my parents due to my boyfriend's roommate freaking out and threatening to kick him out for me being there, and we weren't able to get a place together yet. December came, he got into a new place. Middle of December, my mom kicked me out for telling her she will not be in the delivery room with me. When I delivered my newborn son, boyfriend will be with me instead. I moved in with my boyfriend. Then my mom said if I don't move back in, I won't see my 7-year-old for Christmas. Yes, I went back. My mom's very controlling and manipulative. She's been trying to break me and boyfriend up. Unfortunately, succeeded as well. Then she kicked me out at the end of the month. Again. Also would not let my 7-year-old come visit me or spend any nights with me. I went into preterm labor at 34 weeks due to the stress caused for my parents and the abusive comments they've made to my son about me. When I went into labor, my mom blamed boyfriend for everything that's happened ever since we got together. I birthed a beautiful baby boy and he was in the hospital for a couple weeks. Mom tried saying if me and my baby don't live at her house, I won't be a part of my firstborn's life. I called CPS to report her and they turned it all around against me of course. Me and boyfriend broke up because of CAS, my parents constant blaming him when he stood up for me, and me placing boundaries to protect myself and my own little family. My mom constantly calls CAS on me and my boyfriend saying we shouldn't have our baby. We're both good parents, we're both trying. Mom's trying to get full custody of my 7 year old and he doesn't want to be with me. He believes everything my mom said to him, he's told me that himself. I'm debating on giving them full custody of my 7 year old and putting a restraining order against my parents. Just found out today they're also trying to have me charged for fraud over false accusations. I'm definitely no expert when it comes to situations like these but it sounds like OP should probably lawyer up. If they can find any way to try and protect themselves and work through this, it's probably going to be in court. It sounds like it's probably going to be nasty, cutthroat. And frankly, I just wish the best for OP. 
By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Every single video has awesome stories like our next story from Still Sue Brown Miller, a few completely reasonable requests. I'm a school administrator. We have an academic award ceremony at the end of every school year. Pretty typical stuff, top performers in each subject, kids who grew the most in each subject, all kids who met reading goals, etc. The school admin team calls parents and families in advance so that those who want to attend can attend the ceremony. We're holding it outside again this year for COVID safety and have worked out the date and time of the ceremony with the other schools who share our outdoor space, as well as the district transportation team and with our facilities staff, who will set up chairs, speakers, etc. We work primarily with low-income students, greater than 80% in the free or reduced-priced lunch program, and know that a lot of parents and family members are unable to take off work or arrange transportation to get to the ceremony. We try to make it easier for parents by paying to run our most used bus routes before and after the ceremony just for parents who need transportation, live streaming the event on our parents' Facebook group and school YouTube channel for parents who can watch remotely, sharing the video of the event on our school website and social media for parents who can only watch after it's done. I shared all of that so it's clear that we put a decent amount of thought into parent and family access. One of the parents I called was very upset that he would not be able to make the ceremony because he has to work. I apologized and shared the other options we had for him and offered to call other family members who might want to attend. A lot of time, grandparents, older siblings, etc. will come instead. He asked if the child's mother was going to attend. I'd left her a message because they share custody. Dad gets the kid on weekends. So our policy and legal obligation is to share all information with both custodial parents, unless one parent presents us with a new custody agreement or court order. I informed him that I was notifying all the parents and guardians of students receiving awards. It was like a switch flipped and he started yelling at me about how she shouldn't be allowed to attend if he couldn't also attend the event. I let him rant a bit. I know he was just disappointed. Custody arrangements can be stressful. And I'd rather parents yell at me than call up and yell at my teachers. But when he asked outright if I could tell her not to come, I told him I legally could not and again tried to talk up the video streaming options. He stopped yelling but interrupted me to calmly and firmly say that the date was unacceptable and that the only fair thing to do would be to move the whole award ceremony to a time when he could attend. I can't stress enough how much this guy's tone expressed how obvious and clear he thought his solution would be to anyone who heard it. I'll admit I paused for a second because I was a bit taken aback by the request. I apologized again and explained that it was too late to move the ceremony and that unfortunately there was probably no time that would work for every single parent of the 100 plus students receiving awards. He immediately started screaming again, and after being told I took pleasure in torturing students' families and called a witch three times with no sign of the rant dying down, I pulled out the teacher voice I only use on the most verbally abusive parents and said, This conversation is no longer productive. Please call me back when you're ready to talk. I thought that would be the end of it, and shot off a message on the staff slack so teachers and other staff members would know what was up if this guy tried to bring it up with anyone else. I also put him on the list of parents who need me in parent-teacher conferences and copied in on all teacher communication. Since he showed he had no problem berating a staff member, and I never want one of my teachers to be talked to the way he had talked to me. 
He called my office about an hour later and I took the call. He sounded much calmer, although he didn't apologize. Fine, pretty used to that from parents, and I can pretend it didn't happen if it means we can move forward. He said that he understood that I was refusing to move the award ceremony and that I needed to help him get out of work so that he could be there for his kid. I have written notes for parents before so they can get shift changes or time off, especially when we're doing remote learning days for COVID, so this isn't totally foreign to me. At this point, I'm just happy it sounds like he's being more reasonable, so I tell him that I'd be happy to send home an official looking letter with the school letterhead and whatnot about the award ceremony for him to show his boss. That sets him off again, because you see, he is his own boss. How dare I suggest he's working for someone else? He's making his own fortune his way and doing it all without the inflexibility of a traditional corporate or retail structure. I don't say anything because I don't think I could have avoided snarkily pointing out that if his schedule was really so flexible, he'd be able to attend the award ceremony and we wouldn't need to have this conversation. He winds down by telling me that I need to reach out to the potential client he's scheduled to meet with during the award ceremony. I need to explain that I'm forcing him to attend this mandatory award ceremony and I should also imply that he will lose custody if he doesn't attend. I tell him I'm not comfortable making that call and I'm definitely not comfortable lying. At this point, I have him on speakerphone and my assistants join me. We're both wondering how much more off the rails his demands are going to get. He doesn't disappoint. He tells me that I'm forcing him to miss out on this big potential client who was definitely going to invest in NFTs through him. That I should make it up for having the school invest in NFTs. We could make a NFT of the school mascot. Maybe kids could even get NFTs as their awards. I apologized and told him that I wouldn't use public education funding to buy NFTs, but I wished him a lot of luck in his business venture and didn't pause before telling him that I had to jump into another meeting, have a great day, bye bye before he could out-crazy himself again. Hopefully that's the end of it and he will not have any new demands when he picks up his kid tomorrow. Just when he thought this guy couldn't get any more ludicrous and unreasonable, they start asking the school to buy NFTs from them and start handing out NFTs as awards using public education. The day you see integration in public schools with NFTs would be a very, very different world, I feel like. Maybe a private school would do that, though. This next story is from Sad Sith Forever. My aunt wants me to ditch my uni exams to attend her son's wedding. My aunt, 54, is my mom's, 44, older sister. I'm not that close to her, but to my cousin, male 26, his sister, female 30, me, 18, and my sister, 21, are pretty close. Since my mom is a younger sister, my aunt doesn't think that most of her opinions or anything she helps my aunt do is valid. If my mom helps her, it's her duty towards my aunt because they're siblings but I'm pretty sure that she wouldn't help us in my or my sister's wedding considering when my parents were literally broke and had to admit to my sister, she didn't help, neither monetary or emotional. There's stories that I could go on and on about, but this one is specific. She always says that her childhood was traumatic. Now, I don't want to denounce her trauma, but every time any of us grandkids say anything good about our grandparents, Lo and behold, she has a list ready of how my grandma was wrong and the worst parent ever for making her do chores when she was 10. 
My grandma was busy saving her kids from an alcoholic grandpa and worked and saved for the family. Anyways, but since I was the one who once told her to stop going on a tirade, every time I try to reminisce about my grandparents with us siblings, I was the one who saw my grandma as she took her last breath. Since then, she's been on rampage of taunts and insults. She never liked me from the beginning, but this made things worse. Yesterday, as she and my cousin came to our house, we discussed about his wedding. I informed both of them apologetically that even though the schedule hasn't been released yet, it's possible that I have exams on the days pre-wedding ceremonies and the actual wedding will take place, and thus I most likely won't be part of it since these were university exams, not the internal one that the college manages. My cousin was disappointed but understanding, but my aunt? She went off. She ranted about how disrespectful that was. I told her that I can't do anything. I've never said that I won't help her with other things. Since weddings and other ceremonies are out of our city, it would be impossible for me to be there and give my exams at the same time. She called me an idiot, the R word, and many nasty things that I still haven't gotten out of my head. She called me a burden on my family. She also said that I was probably faking exam scenarios. I just wanted to screw around or something when my mom started defending me. I've always been on the above average spectrum of academics. On the other hand, my cousins and sister all got highest marks and grades. I was, however, enrolled into the school for gifted students. In the end, my cousin, my sister, and my mom teamed up to defend me, but she still screamed at me at the top of her lungs. My father finally had enough of this crap and he calmly told her to leave. I wished it ended there, of course it didn't. She told my cousin and sister that I told her to get out of the house just because she expressed that she was disappointed that I couldn't come to my male cousin's wedding. My female cousin lives in the US and her family's obviously her first source of information. She texted me to get my side and apologized profusely when male cousin told her what happened. My aunt also has a nasty habit of telling every relative about our quarrels, so eventually it made it to other relatives who thankfully knew better than to believe her BS. I think this aunt better be careful because if they keep up this tirade of being entitled like this, thankfully it seems like most of the family is aware and not willing to just trust the aunt who cried wolf. I feel like if she keeps this up and she keeps burning these bridges and revealing her true colors, she might end up ousted by the rest of her family who's just tired of it. You know it's bad when your own kids don't want to believe you at first say. Our next story is from SexyBoomer111. My biological dad's wife opened a Credit Karma account in my name. Since she got with my dad, she's tried everything to make my life a living heck. I got blamed for everything. I was apparently a bad kid, even though all I did was go to school and work and then sit in my room. And now apparently I'm the devil in disguise. She was always jealous of the relationship I had with my dad who liked to essay me, and I was apparently the reason for every crappy thing that happened in her life. I have her and my dad blocked on everything after learning I'm pregnant. Today I went to check my credit score because apparently someone posted an eviction notice in my account. The apartment I live in now is the only one I've ever moved into, and it's preventing my fiancé and I from getting an apartment. Turns out she had created an account in my name that I could not access. So I posted a rant on Facebook about how much I freaking hate her, and I know she's gonna see it through a fake account and play the victim. I'm willing to bet that whatever this lady did, it's not legal in any way, 
and probably something you could get a court involved in. I'm not saying it's the right thing for OP, but there's definitely like the potential to see how far this thing could go. I just hope OP gets that all shut down and takes back control of whatever they need to. Don't let that virus stay attached in any way to your financials. Our next story is from Cathjoy. My colleague tried to get me to cancel my holiday because I didn't have kids. Many years ago, when I was in my early 20s, I used to work in a supermarket. Normally, I got along with all my colleagues and was always happy to do them favors, like swapping shifts, provided I wasn't doing anything. However, one colleague had a habit of seeing last-minute holiday deals and then booking them before she checked if she could have the time off. Then, if management told her too many people were off, she tried to bully other staff into canceling their holiday. Sadly, many buckled and gave in to her. This time around, myself and a manager had a week off in the same week she wanted. She knew she couldn't bully the manager, so while I was on break, she came up to me and said, Oh, hey, OP. You're going on holiday in a few weeks, right? I nodded, knowing where this is going. She said, Oh, well, I just booked this beautiful holiday in the Maldives. Beautiful resort, great bargain, the kids are so excited. The trouble is, management said they can't give me the time off because you're off. Would you cancel your holiday? I say no. They say no? What do you mean no? You're not going anywhere, you never go anywhere. What difference does it make if you take your holiday time another week? I say I actually have plans. She says yeah, probably sleeping. That's not plans. You are so selfish, after all the favors I've done for you. I say, you've never done me any favors. I've swapped several shifts for you over the years, including New Year's because you said you wanted to spend time with your kids. But every time I ask to swap a shift with you, you always refuse. She says, well, you don't have kids. It doesn't matter when you take holiday. My kids are so excited about this holiday. You're going to upset them. And I've already paid my deposit. I'll lose it if I cancel now. I say, maybe you should have checked you could have the time off before you booked the holiday. She says, you are such a selfish witch. What are you doing that's so important that you won't give up your holiday time? I say, I'm going to my cousin's wedding. She says, what, for a whole week? That's BS. I say, actually, I'm planning to spend most of the week catching up with my family up there. I haven't seen them in years. She says, well, it's just a cousin. They're not important. And if you haven't seen them in years, that's your fault. You could see them anytime. I need that holiday week more than you. She continued to piss and moan, calling me selfish, demanding I cancel my holiday. She tried to guilt me into submission by reminding me her kids were so excited, how upset they would be if they couldn't go, how I was going to make them cry, and how they hadn't had a holiday like this in years, which was an utter lie. Having had enough of her, I got up and walked away, because if I didn't, I was going to lose my temper. I immediately put in a complaint to HR and to the duty manager. The manager had a word with her and told her she can't make people cancel their holiday. She claimed she had just asked me nicely and I took it the wrong way and the complaint went no further, though my colleague did at least stop bugging me. Fast forward several weeks, I returned to work after my holiday and found no trace of my colleague. Usually as soon as anyone who refused to cancel got back from holiday, She would waste no time in trying to make them feel bad. I soon learned that my colleague had been fired. It turns out that she had called in sick the week I was on holiday. The managers got suspicious as this was the exact week she wanted off. They did some digging where they saw pictures on her Facebook account that proved she went ahead and went on holiday. So she was immediately dismissed. 
Oh, I don't think there's any greater joy than dealing with an entitled colleague who tries to bully you into giving up your time off. I've been around a few entitled people like this, and I just can imagine how uncomfortable it is where they're there right next to you, maybe crouching down while you're sitting at your desk saying like, Well, you don't have kids, so you just don't really understand how it is. If you could please go ahead and cancel your time, my family would really appreciate it. My kids are so excited. In that moment, you control yourself, but man, you would love to just give one good deck to that face. You know, you just want to blow up and say, get the freak out of my face. But you just put on that smile, straighten your posture, and you say, well, you should have been a little bit more careful when booking the holiday. And our final story of the days from Twist Upper 8903. Sorry, entitled mom, dad, and younger brother. I refuse to play happy family and no contact means no contact. I, 26-year-old female, moved out in late December 2021. And for my emotional health, I cut off contact with my family. For context, I cut off my parents due to them turning into religious fanatics and trying to push their beliefs onto me. And the last straw was when they caused an emotional event where they tried to throw out some stuff that my late older brother left for me to always remember him by. Anime graphic tees and a Polaroid photo album of the good times we both had together. And their excuse was, that is diabolical, or it's time to let the dead be dead. Mind you, this was their eldest son we're talking about, and they're acting as if he was the worst person on earth. He wasn't. I even cut off my younger brother, 22-year-old male, due to him becoming verbally and emotionally abusive. The only one with who I had contact with was my sister-in-law, 28-year-old female, for the sake of my nephew and she begged me to get help since she saw that I looked affected. I took her advice and decided to attend therapy and in a few sessions, I noticed how toxic my family was and even ignored all the red flags. Everything was going great until I got a WhatsApp notification from a group that was created. It was my parents and younger brother telling me that five months were enough from no contact and that I had a lot to do to reconcile with the family and keep the peace. I read the message many times and I answered back by saying that, that while I love them and there is no hate in my heart, I can't go back in contact with the people that damaged my emotional health for them to feel better about themselves, and that I'm not willing to play happy family and that my emotional health is much more important than anything. Before any of them could reply, I got out of the group chat and blocked their numbers. My friends, family, my mom's co-workers, and my boyfriend, 28-year-old male, have said that I'm brave for doing this and that I should always put myself first and not let anyone walk all over me. I guess it's good to finally feel free. I definitely think this is great that OP's focusing on them first, their mental health first. If there's a situation where you could make it work with your family and stay in contact with them, great. But if not, and being in contact with them means reliving traumatic moments and damaging your mental health, it's more important that you not have contact with them and honestly focus on being sane and having good days. So I fully agree with OP. I think it's great that they're doing what they can to work through everything and focus on their mental health. And moving forward, I wish nothing but the best for OP. And also, I think the parents are absolutely diabolical for throwing that stuff out, and I would never forgive them for that, personally. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. 
Now, if you want to hear another Entitled Parent story that was even more insane than the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or, if you missed my latest video, click on the right. But with that said, I'll see you all next time for some more stories. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.